0: This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. With all the controversy about COVID-19 vaccines and treatments, we thought we'd spend some time with Joe Moscato. He is the CEO, president, and chairman of the board since uh, 2017 uh, of Generex. Uh, It's a, a typical a developmental stage biotech company, and we appreciate Joe spending some time with us. Uh, Joe, are we close to a vaccine uh, for COVID-19?
1: Well, thank you for having me on. Um, Are we close? I would say that we're close to getting a vaccine that will offer protection. What degree of protection, we don't know yet, but uh, we are close in getting a vaccine Proved, I believe, as well as uh, commercialized, uh, which has its own hurdles in itself. But yes, I believe uh, we have, we're we getting close.
0: And, and there have been studies, uh, though they're not, they're not, um, uh, I, I don't know how scientific they are, but anywhere from 50 to 60, maybe even 70% of people polled said that they wouldn't take the first vaccine out
1: there. Would you? uh that that's a hard question um you know all the vaccines that are close to approval now that are uh, are much further ahead of us are dna or dna derived rna or mrna vaccines so nothing's ever been created with any of those three pathways um so you know dna or dna derived can be a little scary in regards to what we, what we do phys- to, with everybody's physiology, which is all different, but um, I would, me personally, I would wait to see long-term effects of taking a vaccine. Um, and what's what's that? What that is doing to people, um, you know, over the long term.
0: Got it. At the at the same time, you're developing a vaccine, uh, and you're your methodology, the way you've approached it at, at Generex, is completely different than most other companies.
1: Yeah, it is completely different. We are, uh, it's completely different, but it's not that different. So, we are an older technology than, say, the mRNA or RNAs, um, or the DNA, especially. And so, what we do is we take, uh, they use all the full spike protein we use fragments of the spike protein. So, um, we've been around a long time. We've been doing this now over 20 years. Uh, to, to, we've been in all of the pandemics before to different degrees, nothing over the finish line, just like everybody else. Um, but we've had really great data in some of our cancer programs, as well as good data in you know, some of our infectious disease vaccines that we've done before in the past that you know there were pandemic potentials that never petered out they petered out and people lose interest and money dries up because we're a developer stage company we have to constantly raise money uh, for our initiatives to develop our uh, you know, drugs for those application areas so um, you know uh, for us uh, we believe we're probably one of the safer pathways out there that's for sure
0: with, um, with everything that's happened with the, you know, uh, the protocols, uh, wearing masks, uh, we're uh, 3,000 miles apart, so we don't need to wear a mask. But um, wearing masks, uh, six feet, uh, distancing, social distancing, uh, it seems to, that it, it does work, yet we... we the, the pandemic here in the United States is is like a roller coaster it goes up it goes down it goes up and it goes down Can you comment on on that with your your background in biotech
1: yeah I mean I'm, I'm a big advocate of what the CDC has, has put out in regards to social distancing uh, wearing the mask the mask is important um, I think it, it's not 100% protection but for sure it eliminates uh, a lot of the risk, um and you have to be vigilant uh for sure it's going to take a while before this pandemic is under control i don't think it's going away anytime soon that's for sure it's going to be with us probably forever um and you know the vaccines will start out with giving some form of protection i'm not quite sure in some of the pathways if that's a good thing because you know um, there are ramifications with some of these pathways in regard to building up protein building up the wrong type of antibodies which there are a lot of those that cause off off-target side effects it's well one as o'clock as well as uh, autoimmune responses in people so you know the jury is going to be not it's going to be out for a while uh, on whether these vaccines will give what percentage of protection and then as we get better with developing vaccines. The keys are going to be getting the most protection possible. But more importantly, that protection, enabling us not to get COVID over and over again, because we need long term memory. Without the long term memory piece, which not a lot of folks are talking about in the vaccine development world. I mean, we are. because That's where we've excelled in all of our vaccines. We just came out with our 10 year data for our breast cancer vaccine. Uh, the data was very very good and we at least prove in breast cancer that we give 10-year um, good immunity to getting your cancer back once you've gone through formal treatment and
0: in uh with with your cancer uh vaccine uh, i believe that's for breast cancer
1: yeah you know, we're in uh, breast cancer prostate cancer uh, and then we're moving into bladder cancer as well as melanoma uh, this year.
0: Got it. Uh, and one of the things that, that happens with cancer, you can be cured, but it can come back. It metastasizes.
1: Well, that's that's the big part of, you know, all cancer. So you go through, say, you, you, get, you have breast cancer. Catch it early enough. It's triple negative where, where we have fantastic data. And, you know, over 90% of all of those breast cancer patients that gone through frontline treatment, uh, that now are cancer free within the first three to five years will recur. That's always the problem. You get that cancer back. You know, your breast cancer is now in your liver, your kidneys, or in any other organ where it's moved, and that's yeah. where it becomes problem.
0: A uh, number of years ago, uh, uh, personally, I am uh, I am afraid of shingles, yeah. and um, and you're laughing because you must be too, yeah, uh, right? It's not. It's I mean. People don't necessarily die of shingles, but they they brought out a vaccine. I think it was thirty or thirty five percent effective, and through research and R and D, they have a new one out that's ninety five percent effective. So that's what you're talking about. That kind of
1: of. Well, I mean that's yeah, that's considerable, you know, move up in protection. So let's look at influenza today, flu. Sure flu is now about 37% effective. That means you get about 37% protection. You're still gonna get the flu. Um, But unlike flu, which is a completely different virus than uh, COVID, and let's not mistake, COVID is very complex um, and it's, it's a killer. I mean, flu is a killer as well, but look at the differences. With flu, you get over flu, um, you may have the sniffles. You may have a, a lingering cough until it dissipates completely. Um, you get your flu vaccine each and every year. Uh, it's 37% effective. You still get the flu. Um, but once it's over, other than that lingering cough maybe and that lingering sniffles, the problem here with COVID is it's the long-term system, systemic events that it creates in every system of the body. So like the organs, blood clotting. Uh, like the circulatory system, you know, vessels uh, weaken, clog, uh, you know, looking at brain problems, you're looking at uh, lung problems, respiratory problems. So these are long-term effects, even after you get over COVID. Now imagine getting COVID over and over, but you're still not over the systemic events that transpired. From the first time you got COVID. Now you're just compounding problems more and more. And that's why it's important to have a vaccine as close to 100% as possible. Because it, you, it will get worse each time you get it. You will build up bad antibodies because uh, University of San Diego just came out a big paper not too long ago that after you get over COVID, the body creates 1,800 antibodies. Wow. 17, 1,791 of those anti- or those 1,800 antibodies are non-neutralizing. So that creates... What does non-neutralizing seven, neutralizing mean? Non-neutralizing means that it, it builds up bad protein in the body where eventually um, your own immune system will start attacking uh, your own body. So that's where, say, the cytokine storms come into play, um, and then any more number of autoimmune responses or other off-targets that could could occur uh, with the constant buildup of these 1,791 out of 1,800 antibodies. So there are only nine you know, uh, that are neutralizing, um, and that's the problem and you know, some concern that I have over the mRNA RNA, and uh, DNA pathways, because they use the full spike protein. And utilizing the full spike protein means that those 1,791 bad guys, uh, you're getting.
0: And we just want the the good guys.
1: We just want the good guys. We want the neutralizing antibodies that will not create off-targets and hopefully ignite long-term memory. Long-term memory, again, is key, and then neutralizing antibody is key.
0: Uh, one of the, uh, the things that is different, I believe, about COVID-19 is that you can get it over and over and over again, and, and each time it can cause additional uh, problems, and the, the latest uh, study on those who have uh, had COVID-19 is that uh, there are neurological issues that can come up with it. That's even, that's scary, that's scary in itself.
1: Yeah, it's neurological, it's, it's every system in the body gets affected with COVID that they're finding more and more as the data comes in. So you're looking at respiratory problems, cardiovascular problems, heart problems, uh, organ problems, uh, brain problems. So, and, and they last a long time even after COVID is gone. So imagine getting now COVID again on top of those systemic problems that you are still going through. And then again, again, and again, it will get worse and worse worse each time. And I think as it's coming out now and other researchers are saying that, you know, we haven't seen the best of this virus yet.
0: Let's talk about some of the, the rumors that are going around uh, about, about COVID uh, and about vaccines. Um, the one that that strikes me as being ridiculous. I'm not a conspiracy person. I never have been, um, and that's uh, you know Bill Gates is is going to come up with a vaccine. You've heard the story, and I just want you know somebody who's who's in the industry to to make a comment. I mean uh, that there's going to be nanotechnology, so you can be tracked. Uh, they'll know everything about you, you know. As soon as you have one of these, they know everything about you anyway. So, uh, can you comment on that—the nanotechnology and how it will be detrimental to us? Uh, I personally, and I'm just—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just, you know, Joe Average here. Um, I don't think it's—I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think it's possible. And and how they could. Uh, track 300 plus million people here in the United States, and the billions in China and India, just doesn't make sense to me.
1: I, I can't imagine that. One, ethically, I think it's uh, you know pretty dramatic. Uh, you know, leap of now we're going to somehow have our own portable EMR systems built into our body by a vaccine. Um, you know sounds very futuristic to me um that's really what mr gates wants to do uh, it just you know i can't i really can't believe that that would be even on the minds of anybody as being an ethical practice
0: uh we also talked about some of the preservatives that are used in vaccines like the flu vaccine mercury derivatives um, Will, will the Generex uh, vaccine have any mercury derivative or mercury in it?
1: No, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of the older years gone by vaccines had, uh, you know, mercury-based uh, formulations that gone, ingredients that have gone into vaccines. Uh, we, we've, you know, the vaccine world is totally... Leaps and bounds from those times. You know, um, we don't put anything. in our vaccines. You know, we've already established that we're safe and effective. Um, you know, big thing for us is that you know, everyone else had to do animal studies uh, for toxicology. We, because we've been in the business so long, the same pathway, the same. Technology, the FDA just agreed with our package that we put in and their response back to us. But they agree that uh, we don't need to do animal toxicology, um, which, save, which saves a company like ours six months and a lot of money to do that. Uh, and that's why, of course, we're safe and effective. And all the things we've done in the past up to the point of where it was in its development. So we never got anything across the finish line, just like everybody else. But, you know, uh, we have a seasoned robust platform that uh, has shown good results.
0: And one of the things, uh, one of the other uh, uh, things that I think about in regards to the distribution of vaccines, I'm going back to the late, early 50s, okay, mid-50s or early 60s when we had, you know, polio vaccines. Um those were all based i believe on uh, egg whites um a lot of them and that we uh i don't know what kind of preservatives there was in there but it seemed to be a safer time for vaccines people are having reactions to all of these vaccines primarily because of the mercury or mercury derivatives
1: so in the past that that has occurred um i'm not quite sure that that's the reason why people are getting uh, off-target side effect or any of the uh, mild to extreme uh, side effects from taking the vaccines that are uh, and- two and three right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I believe, uh, you know, yes, the old way we used to we used to grow a vaccine in chicken eggs and yep. uh, there was problems with that. It takes a long time. Um, and then even one uh, one vaccine that was developed for one of the pandemic potentials in the past uh, the eggs got infected with, with with the virus so you know uh, I think we've, we've gone a long way since those days um, again the jurys out on who's going to uh, you know, have a real solution and again for me the solution is not just giving protection because this virus is so bad And and the long-term effects of this virus getting it are just so bad, unlike anything that we've had to deal with. So for me, it's all about long-term protection, because you can't get a vaccine over and over and over, building up these proteins, building up these bad antibodies that can create these off-target side effects in people, built up over and over again. And then on top of it, getting COVID over and over again, which is just setting up for a perfect storm, of this fact that this virus really taking it to another level, a level that we haven't seen yet.
0: Uh, in our remaining couple of minutes, let's talk about uh, Generex and the, uh, and the FDA. You guys have had some good news and uh, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, we put our vaccine package in, pre-IND package in to the FDA. We had a full response by the panel uh, it was a great response uh, most of the questions derived around manufacturing you know, for instance to give you an idea you know most of the vaccines in the RNA mRNA DNA pathways have to deliver it either at minus four degrees frozen um, or minus 40 degrees plus Wow. so you know I don't even know how you do that you know to get you know, mass populations vaccinated you send this minus 40 degrees centigrade freezer with, you know, 10,000 vials, you know, it becomes very costly. You know, there are other problems with, you know, that frozen version or that minus 40 degree frozen version where, you know, you deliver it, you know, God forbid, it doesn't get delivered in time. Is the vaccine batch gone? And it's no good at that point. So with us, you know, we're, we're right now developing a waffleized version, which is room temperature. And even if it's not, we can't get a waffleized version. Uh, we're at least hoping, uh, like all of our others, it will be refrigerated and at best, liquid version, uh, which will be room temperature. So, that in itself, for us, uh, on the uh, utility of a vaccine, if it's approved, then our delivery. Distribution is so much easier and safer and more expedient than everybody else.
0: That's that is terrific. Uh, the um, the other thing that that uh, just popped into my head uh, is that over the years since Louis Pasteur has uh, you know scraped uh, uh, cowpox and uh, 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 the actual pox and, and put it into humans, uh, it's the, the technology has changed. Is it rapidly changing, almost on a day to day basis in biotech?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's just like anything. There there have been so many pathways that have gone before. You, know, you go, it's like any 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 field. Um, let's look at immunotherapy. Um, you know, 18 years ago, 15 years ago. It was out of favor it was billions of dollars that went into a cancer immunotherapy programs um, many different pathways um, and you know pathway gets hot you know maybe 20 companies get involved in clinical trials the hope is there the the indications look great and then it just doesn't get approved and billions of dollars have gone into that drug development or that pathway development and then it gets cold And then people move on to the next great pathway so there's constantly new pathways being developed Um, you have to go through the pathway in different applications if it doesn't work then obviously it gets cold that pathway and then maybe someone comes along with that older pathway that's on the shelf that's not as hot anymore and figures out what went wrong with why it didn't work but more importantly figures out how to get a response with that pathway and that's kind of where we are, where I, I, our key technology is the same, whether it's cancer, whether it's infectious disease, we pick from you know, the virus, uh, we don't use this full spike protein, we pick the best epitopes that give the best coverage, uh, that would give the best safety after a full analysis of the, of the whole spike protein. And then we link our key technology to that which makes it about 250 to 1100 cent more effective, more homologous, more um, uh, immunogenistic to, to people. So, um, you know, I believe that uh, you know, we offer a really good solution to what's going on in COVID, not only from the off target safety areas, but the long term immunity potential.
0: Joe, uh, when do you expect your vaccine to be ready, and will there be trials, or are you in trials now?
1: No. We're, we're, well, it's, what we're doing right now is we're doing all the blood, blood screenings uh, with uh, two big labs, University of San Diego, their uh, Infectious Disease Institute, one of the best in the country. They're doing all of our assay work with uh, human blood uh, patients that had gotten covid they got over it, and then they give us their blood. Um, and then we're able to test for any off-targets. We're able to test for neutralizing antibodies, which is the key. Um, and then we're able with CTL, another great lab that we're utilizing even the blood screens, they're able to uh, test the 33 II key peptides we made. Um, and then hopefully we'll get, which we've already started getting results, Two days ago uh, we're getting great results great positive hits on the one-third of the peptides that we've already tested out of the 33 we should have more good data coming in today and Monday um, and once we have all that then we can put our three to five II key peptides that, that will get the best result from Efficacy to safety, to any potential off-target side effect. Um, we'll be able to, our uh, B-cell epitope, uh, which is the humoral side of our vaccine, because we're a complete vaccine. We not, o- we not only offer antibody side, which everybody's doing, but we offer a focused, targeted CD4, CD8, and T-cell activation, which make, you know, gives us a complete vaccine, which we'll have all completely tested, and we'll have our formulation of the product, which then we will add to that pre-IND FDA package that we already submitted. I got, we got great responses with, and then we put our IND package in for approval. We should get in the clinic on the phase one, probably December, January of this year.
0: And just that, that, that secondary pathway, if you will, that helps the body fight, does it not?
1: I mean, the the long-term immunity. Yes. Yeah, see, that's the key. (laughs) We're working on the hope of being able to vaccinate people once, and then you don't need another vaccination for a minimum of three years. could be as good as five. And if it's anything like our breast cancer results, 10 years, um, I'm hoping 10 years. So that's the key. For me, getting vaccine over and over and over again for COVID, I think, is setting us, setting up uh, the country as well as the world up for calamity later on.
0: Joe, we're out of time, but I appreciate you and would love to talk to you again uh, when you have some updates. Okay. So end of November, beginning of December, I expect a call. And we'll uh, we'll do something. Uh, Joe Moscato has been our guest. He's the CEO, president, chairman of the board of Generex, and uh, you're based in um, in Florida.
1: In Florida, near Muscle.
0: Got it, Joe. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Hang in there for just a moment. Uh, I'm Mark Allen. This is Late Night Help.